Welcome to day 269 of Shaped by the Word, Season 2, The Drama of Scripture. I'm Paul Camp here with Cindy Camp and Matt Kresge. And uh, we're finding our journey through the Gospel of Matthew to be very difficult. There is so much here, both in the way of Old Testament images and in the way of New Testament images. We didn't even uh, get mm-hmm. to cover yesterday what it means to be invited out uh, to be fishers of people rather than, you know, fishers of fish. We'll get a little bit of an idea of that as we mm-hmm. see Jesus, you know, coming uh, you know, up on a mountain and, and sitting down and teaching the people. And we begin to see what the kingdom you know, looks like both John the Baptist and Jesus have you know, called us to repentance, to a change of heart and mind and attitude, to a turning away of things that have you know captured our affections, and uh, to you know to God and to His plans and to His purposes. And of course, we come to the Sermon on the Mount, and this will be extraordinarily difficult to recover everything Jesus is saying in the Sermon on the Mount in a in a ten minute podcast. Uh, but we will get to read it. We'll get to feel. And of uh, the sense of what Jesus is describing, you know, in the kingdom, uh, and uh, lead us even to a greater hunger to dig in and to know it even more deeply. So, before we read, as always, uh, especially as we come, you know, the very words of our Lord, uh, we want to humble ourselves. We want to receive from God, and we want Him to take His word and do in our lives through His Spirit what He desires to do for His glory. And, 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 of course, for our joy. So, Cindy, do you mind lifting us up with a word of prayer? No. Father, thank you for your word. We thank you that um, it is by your word, Father, that you convict us of sin and that you also encourage us and uh, that you teach us. And so, Father, take this time in your word and uh, show us the things that we need to see in our heart. Um, Father, where we're falling short or where we're not looking to you, and Father, that you would just give us all that we need uh, in your word to deepen our faith and our love for you. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Matthew chapter 5. And now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and he sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them. He said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they'll be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way, they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. The town built on a hill cannot be hidden, neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Do not think that I've come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly, I tell you, until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter, not the least stroke of a pen will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. Therefore, anyone who sets aside one of the least of these commands and teaches others accordingly will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever practices and teaches these commands will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. 
For I tell you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. So we have the wonderful beginning to this section, which is one of the richest sections on the teachings of Jesus, you know, that's recorded for us by Matthew. Uh, many of these same passages are found in Luke. They're broken up and distributed out, you know, through the through the book of Luke. But it's just kind of a nice little sense here. And, and Jesus starts in a wonderful way by describing those who truly enter into and experience God's blessing. And the word he uses is not the the usual word for blessing here. It, it, it's kind of a word that talks about the the sense of well being and, 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 and overall happiness. Uh, you know, that uh, people experience in, in the presence of the Lord. It's not dependent on circumstances. Matter of fact, uh, the, the entire cast of the Beatitudes is leading toward that final one that uh, you're going to have a hard time in this world. You're going to be persecuted. And uh, he's not content just to say, Blessed are those who are persecuted. He elaborates on that in the very next verse. So it's not ideal circumstances, but it's ideal heart attitudes that lead. Uh, you know, to a sense of well-being and to a sense of, you know, true, you know, true happiness. And uh, the Beatitudes in themselves, this is the character of the kingdom. This is, when the gospel takes root, this is the kind of people it produces. Those are poor in spirit. Those are, are lament or mourn over the brokenness of the world, but look even deeper and lament over their own brokenness. Mm-hmm. They become gentle, you know, with those around them because, of the humble circumstances they find themselves in, and, and a love in you know, a sex. They, they hunger and thirst for things to be made right. Uh, not just, you know, the circumstances of the world, but for their heart to be made right and for the world itself to be made right. So you have a wonderful description of who we should be, you know, as the people of God. Paul has given us the fruit of the Spirit. Jesus has given us the beatitude. And this is this is the character we we long for this is also the character that the gospel produces mm-hmm. what great reversals in all those as well you mm-hmm. know and yeah. and not promises that they're going to happen immediately or right away you know but but yeah blessed are those you know who mourn and there's a lot of mourning that happen that's happening now and a lot of lamenting you know and there's a day where we will be comforted you know for we will be comforted but we were comforted not just with a temporary comfort or a, mm-hmm. a manufactured comfort, but a comfort that comes from the God of comfort, Paul would say. Yeah. You know, and, and so I just, I just The love, God of all comfort, yeah. yeah. These, these beatitudes are, are exactly those character statements of the kingdom that this is mm-hmm. what the people of God begin to look like when we take on the heart of God. Mm-hmm. You know, for this is, I mean, you, who pictures these perfectly to us? It's Jesus. And mm-hmm. um, so I, I love that Jesus begins his sermon this way. Um, you know, it really go into the heart of who we are and the heart of his of his people and, and there's a natural flow you know this is this is the character of the kingdom you know that he describes here this is what the people who have been uh, repented you know the, the message has been repent mm-hmm. and uh, because the mm-hmm. kingdom of God is here this is what repentance looks like this is what it produces and, and of course that leads to being salt and light you know that largely we have the influence on the world, not so much because of the things that we say, but because of the pe- people we are, and the people we are, of course, is what lends credibility you know, to what we say. Mm-hmm. And, and you've seen this in the ministry, you know, of Jesus as well, as as a demonstration of the power of the gospel, you know, through the healing miracles and through the exorcisms and the restoration, and then you have a proclamation of the gospel through his teaching. And the two need to, you know, go hand in hand. 
Uh, if we proclaim the gospel without demonstrating the character of the gospel, Paul would say we would just become a sounding gong and a clanging cymbal, mm-hmm. and so much of the world sees us that way. And, and of course, if we just want to do good deeds so that our deeds are on display, uh, they'll confuse the heart of those deeds as something that's coming from us rather than mm-hmm. something that's coming from the Heavenly Father, mm-hmm. glorifying Him, which is the purpose here. And it's so appropriate to even recognize those characteristics before he would go on to even talk about us being um, the salt of the earth or light of the world, because those are the things that would actually take notice would be those, you know, characteristics that he has formed in us, you mm-hmm. know, that would actually be compelling. Yeah, these, these are the way that we influence the world. Yeah. And, and, of course, he does, there's a little prophetic warning there of salt loses its saltiness, then Mm -hmm. how can it be made salty again? And, and of course, that's what's happened in Israel. Israel has enjoyed the blessing of being in the presence of God or the privileges of being the people of God without taking on uh, the responsibility, you know, described in, you know, uh, all the way back in Exodus as as being a a royal priesthood or a holy people, uh, you know, who reflect the heart and character of God. And, And this is what it means to reflect the heart and character of God. You want to know what it means to be in the image of God? Here's what the image of God looks mm-hmm. like in us. Yeah, so true. You have to love the images that Jesus uses here. You, know, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. You know, mm-hmm. we've, we'll see in the other Gospels, in John, you know, that Jesus will say he is the light of the world. But you know, in being in him, you know, we then begin to, to reflect his light. We begin to point people mm-hmm. to the, the true light of the world. But you know, there's this vocation given to us that, that we're to be a people who who don't just, like you were saying, show our good deeds so that attraction mm-hmm. draws to ourselves, not just live however we want to live and then, you know, hope people, but we're supposed to live in a way that, that points people to the beauty of Christ and to the beauty of mm-hmm. um, who God is and what he's doing, you know, because we are the salt of the earth. And um, I, I love, you know, Le- Leviticus 2 talks about salt being used in sacrifices and, you know, it's kind of tied to the covenant and just these images, I think, you know, you, you get this, we are the covenant people of God. And mm-hmm. when we live in the beauty and the reality of the new covenant as his people, we begin to point people to, you know, the Heavenly Father and, and people begin to glorify him. I, I think people find us most attractive when we look most like Christ. Mm-hmm. And that may include persecution. And I love that no, they, you know, in verse 11. People are not always going to be, uh, you know, we just have this nice, winsome character and yeah. people are going to fall in love with us because no. that character has the nature of salt, which can have a sting to it, has a nature yeah. of light, which can be a bit, you know, blinding and exposing uh, that, that we can expect, you know, we can expect pushback. Yeah. So it's not, you know, let's just be as winsome as we can so yeah. everybody will like us. Let's be as much like Christ as we can so we'd be true to him yeah. mm-hmm. and true to his purpose. And, of course, I, I love, you know, do not, you know, the fulfillment of the law. Do not think that I've come to abolish the law or the prophets. I've come uh, to bring them to their fullness is the way that he's, you know, speaking of here. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of argument about how we, you know, process Old Testament, how we use Old Testament and what it means. We see its fullness in Christ and we see its reflection in Christ. He is, uh, he is the portrait of everything God is preparing us for in, in the Old Testament. And of course, uh, you you have to if you if you study Hebrew, you have to like those little terms, not you know not the not the yod or the 
or 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 the uh, uh, they're talking about two things. One is the smallest letter, and there's one Hebrew letter that just kind of stands out among the others, and it's just a minuscule, you know, breaststroke. Then there is another thing that distinguishes several Hebrew letters from the other, and it's just kind of a dot with a little bit of a flourish. You know, we might call it under, you know, it'd be smaller than an apostrophe even. And he said, there's not the smallest part of what God has been setting you up for in the Old Testament that will uh, not be fulfilled in me. And more importantly, or, or not more importantly, but equally as important, fulfilled in us through the person, uh, through the person of Christ. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we don't we don't do all of those uh, sacrificial, you know, Levitical kind of you know strange things, tying yarn on birds and things like that. But what is portrayed in them or pictured in them or anticipated in them is fulfilled in Christ and is completed in us as we uh, as we walk with them. Mm-hmm. Father, thank you for your mercy, for your goodness. We thank you. Uh, we thank you for taking strange images of the Old Testament and preparing us for the beautiful image that we find in Christ. We thank you that everything that you've said is is found in its fullness in him. And, and Paul would say we find our fullness in him. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for the gift of your son, the presence of your spirit, and the work you are doing in us. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen. Amen.